0: I know what you want. Oh, sure, they may have tried to separate us, but what we have is too strong, it's too powerful. I mean, after all, we shared everything, you and I. I told you my deepest, darkest secrets. I showed you exactly what people are capable of. I shocked you with my honesty, but mostly I challenged you and made you think. And you trusted me, even though you knew you shouldn't. So we're not done, no matter what anyone says. And besides, I know what you want. You want me back. Of course, some believed everything and have just been waiting with bated breath to hear me confess it all. They're just dying to have me declare that everything said is true and that I got what I deserved. Wouldn't that be easy if it was all so simple? Only you and I both know it's never that simple, not in politics and not in life. But you wouldn't believe the worst without evidence, would you? You wouldn't rush to judgments without facts, would you? Did you? No, not you. You're smarter than that. Anyway, all this presumption made for such an unsatisfying ending, and to think it could have been such a memorable send-off, I mean, if you and I have learned nothing else these past years, it's that in life and art, nothing should be off the table. We weren't afraid, not of what we said, not of what we did, and we're still not afraid. Because I can promise you this. If I didn't pay the price for the things we both know I did do, I'm certainly not going to pay the price for the things I didn't do. Of course, they're going to say I'm being disrespectful, not playing by the rules like I ever played by anyone's rules before. I never did. And you loved it. Anyhow, despite all the poppycock, the animosity, the headlines, the impeachment without a trial, despite everything, despite even my own death, I feel surprisingly good. And my confidence grows each day that soon enough you will know the full truth. Now that I think of it, you never actually saw me die, did you? Conclusions can be so deceiving. Miss me?
1: Oh my dear God, did you hear that? Those of you who didn't do your homework assignment, shame on you. Those who did, Gold Star, did you hear that? That is Kevin Spacey as his Frank Underwood character from House of Cards. That clip came out on Christmas Eve 2018, right after all the allegations. We'll get into that. But wanted to play that clip for you. Like I said. December 24th. Christmas Eve. He's standing there in his kitchen. With a apron on. With a bunch of Santa Clauses on it. Folks, you gotta watch this clip. What is Kevin Spacey saying? As Frank Underwood. He's pleading to you. You miss me? This is what I referenced back in the first episode about Kevin Spacey and him maybe not knowing who he is. I take that back. He knows exactly who he is. (laughs) He's playing us like a fiddle or trying to. Do you miss me, he says, and do you really know the truth and how we consider him to be a great actor? And we do. He's playing on it. He's pleading with us, trying to get on our good side. And that there might be this slim chance that he has been falsely accused. How much is Kevin Spacey, his character of Frank Underwood now? And I hate to break this up. Because this is my opening. And I apologize for how long it is. But this is my show. And I needed to play that clip for you. You have to watch it. You get a lot out of it too. Just by watching and hearing Kevin Spacey. Go on. About him being falsely accused. How dare we do that. In this journey that we're going on with him. Kevin and us. Are we really though? I get it, the journey of him being a successful actor, we got that. But this journey, this journey that we found out about, and I'm talking about the masses, but people in the business have known for years about Kevin Spacey. And when I think about that, and how much some of these actors knew, and not just actors, but people on set, and how they were afraid To speak up. Because Kevin Spacey was such a demanding figure. So high on the totem pole. That they were afraid. I hope you enjoy this episode of The Actors Room. My name is Jeff Tarowski. This is episode number 85. Sit back. Try to relax. (laughs) unbelievable stuff folks this stuff needs to be talked about and we will in the actors room i hope you enjoy this show episode 85 of the actors room once again my name is jeff tarowski welcome back talking about kevin spacey part two of probably a three-part series a lot going on with this man as you know and if you followed his career you know how brilliant of an actor he is he's brilliant we all know this this is not a surprise Most consider him to be one of the greatest actors of our generation. I've looked up to him for a long time. But we must talk about these clips that he put out. These are creepy. Because he's playing somebody else. And I said, in part one, how I believe Kevin Spacey plays characters in real life. He's hiding something. He's hiding pain that happened to him a long time ago in his childhood. He was hurt by family members, tucked it deep down, and has for a while played the game. And the game for him was not only being a successful actor, but a successful man, a master manipulator. I hate saying all this stuff. We got to talk about it. And these clips prove it. That first clip done about two years ago in 2018 on Christmas Eve is three minutes long. And it has a lot of information in there that should make you sit up in your seat and get chills down your spine. This is some serious stuff. He shows no fear in this context. We're going to dissect this clip. Like I said, he's wearing an apron full of Santa Clauses, And he has a fake soundtrack of people in the background. Like he's standing in his apartment, in the kitchen, slicing up beef, pork, doesn't matter. He's slicing up some sort of meat. He has a knife, a big fucking knife in his hand. And he has a soundtrack, a fake soundtrack, going on in the background. Like, there's people over. Folks, nobody's over. But he's playing a character. He's got his cute little apron on. He's in his kitchen slicing up some meat, trying to make his point of how likable he is. And folks, Kevin Spacey comes off very likable. And we fell for him in his art, acting, his performances, How talented he is in front of the screen on stage. Those of you who have seen him on stage. Pleading. Do you really know who I am? Is the truth really out there? And he has a cup of tea or coffee with him. He takes a sip between his dialogue. There's nothing in the cup. Kevin, you couldn't put some water in there. Anything. Anything. You take a look at the clip. He takes a sip from the uh, mug he's got. A little effect there. He put that in there. The actor that he is. He's got props. He's got stuff going on. He took time setting this up. This took some time. I guarantee you it took him a few weeks. To get this all set up. He did a pretty good job. Decent acting job here. He should. He's been playing Frank Underwood for a while. But I'm breaking this down. Nothing was in the cup, you could tell. He was sipping air. (laughs) Kevin Spacey, I really, I can't believe this is going on. A master manipulator. And to this day, he's still trying to pull the wool over our eyes. Or is it just a game? Is it just a game? Some of these actors play. That are so far gone. I hate to bring up Jim Carrey. But this pertains. I don't know how Jim's doing recently. But when I did. An episode with my brother Dave. About Jim Carrey. We dove into his psyche a bit. And how he is now. Jim Carrey slowly. Is losing his grip on reality. Or maybe. He's taking in and taking a firm grip of unreality. Whatever the case is, Jim Carrey doesn't think he exists. That blows my mind. Jim Carrey, you do exist. You're here. You do movies. I've seen (laughs) them. And Kevin Spacey, he knows he exists. Kevin is filled with confidence. Even today. With all the stuff that's come out All the things he's done in the past that people have talked about, I've heard about it, and people in the business knew about, even people outside the business knew about and did nothing. And if they did, it wasn't enough. People covered for him for a long time because he's a big star. It's scary. But this is reality. The bigger you are in your profession, you garner special, would you say, little, I don't know, courtesies, little, I'm losing my vocabulary here, searching for that right word. But he felt like he couldn't be touched, and I'm still talking about Kevin Spacey here. I was talking about Jim Carrey for just a minute. I wanted to make that comparison. I felt it to be necessary. Some of these people are so far into their worlds. And this is a fact from me. They think and believe they are more important than you. Is that a big surprise? Most of you probably thought that anyway. They do. They're successful beyond a certain point. They've reached that pinnacle. And they're now more important in their minds and deserve to be treated differently. The power. Kevin Spacey not only had confidence and put on other faces when he was a teenager and had to, to protect himself. But he, along his road, gained more confidence within his ability to create characters. Not only on the stage, but in real life. It's a dangerous thing. But he was getting good at it. And look how good he is now. He feels so confident in himself. These clips prove it. Watch them. They say a lot. And it scares me. He's trying to persuade us in these clips, especially the first one. There's persuasion. Do you miss me? Yeah. Those who love your acting? Yes, we do. And he knows that. He knows he's beloved. And he's using that to gain positive feedback, reactions, just positive feeling. And I mentioned in the first episode how smart Kevin Spacey is. He is. He's very smart. Smart enough, confident enough, and talented enough to put clips like this out. After being found out. He was found out, finally. And let's bring up the actor that did this, was brave enough. Because the Me Too movement was going on already. And Anthony Rapp came to the stage. The stage of this Me Too movement. This cause. A good cause. But a dangerous cause. Are these things true? Is Anthony Rapp lying? No. He's not. Because there was a little bit of smoke. And then a lot of smoke. And then Anthony Rapp came out. Told his story. And then there was fire. And there continues to be a brush fire. Through this whole Kevin Spacey dilemma. This story. And I've said before how disappointed I am. In Anthony Rapp. His story. We're going to talk about it right now. And I love Anthony Rapp. I think he's underrated as an actor. He was in Adventures in Babysitting. I love that movie. He played Daryl. I think it's Daryl. He was so funny in that movie. Adventures in Babysitting. One of my favorites when I was a kid. Anthony Rapp plays the friend of one of the main characters. He just tags along with them as they go into the city. Anyways, I saw Anthony Rapp on Broadway. Late 90s. In uh, Rent. And I felt him to be so talented. He was my favorite character in that production of Rent. Rent got popular when I was in New York City in the late 90s. I couldn't wait to see it. I took my wife, we sat there, and we watched Anthony Rapp sing his ass off, act his ass off. Because I always appreciated his work. And like I said, he's not a big actor, but he's known. When he came out, And said these things about Kevin Spacey I couldn't fucking believe it I've heard things in the past you hear things in the past and you hope and pray please God please God let this not be true or maybe Kevin has made a few mistakes in the past being as cocky as he is very forward sexually And maybe people, uh, you know, uh, take it a little too far. You go, eh. But when Anthony said these things, I believed him. And it sort of brought everything to the surface. Because Anthony Rapp, I don't think, would make this up. A lot of people agreed. Anthony Rapp said that when he was very young, young teenager, 14 Was invited to a Kevin Spacey party. This was in the 80's. Kevin Spacey young in his career. He was in his 20's. And I believe this party was very small. So small. It was just Kevin Spacey. And I think maybe somebody else. Or just a few friends. And Anthony Rapp. First off. What in the hell. Are the parents of Anthony Rapp thinking? Does he have parents? And if he does, he does. I'm being a smartass. If Anthony Rapp has parents, (laughs) good ones anyway, they wouldn't let their 14-year-old son stay at a party at the age of 14. 14 years old, folks. 14. 14. I'm just... That... Number number one. That raises question marks. And a big reason why a lot of child actors are hurt... Is because they have crappy parents. And the child actors who were never hurt... Are the ones that had good parents. That's a fact. And when you do research on child actors... The ones that were hurt... And the ones that weren't... You will find... That... Is true. Anthony Rapp had shitty parents. He did. They put him in a position to actually get hurt that night because Kevin Spacey got drunk. His friends left, and it was just Anthony Rapp and Kevin Spacey in his apartment. It was the party was in Kevin Spacey's apartment in New York City. Anthony Rapp was a young, budding actor doing work on stage. At this point in his life. At the age of 14. Networking. Going to parties. At Kevin Spacey's apartment. Kevin Spacey was drunk. Anthony Rapp was watching a movie. In Kevin Spacey's bedroom. Kevin Spacey came in. This is what Anthony Rapp says. (laughs) Drunk. Tipsy. And horny. (laughs) Ha! I don't mean to laugh. It's just the whole thing. And he made a move. I'm 14-year-old Anthony Rapp. Oh,
0: my God.
1: And it's not because he was hitting on a man, a boy, a boy. That's the point, a boy. Kevin Spacey is bisexual. So the fuck what? Don't give a shit about that. Don't give a shit. Your preferences are your preferences. But when you try to hit on a 14-year-old boy, that's where the line is crossed. I don't care how drunk you are. And they say when you're drunk, your true self comes out a bit. Everything else sort of fades away. And Kevin was Kevin. He picked up Anthony Rapp in his arms, Anthony said. Like he was carrying him over like when you get married and they carry you outside. I did that with my wife when I got married. After the ceremony, we walked out together as man and wife. Okay, I picked her up and we walked across the threshold. It's what you do. Anthony Rapp said that's what Kevin Spacey did to him, to woo him that night. I'm not making it up. Check it out. It's been documented. I'm just repeating it. It's sort of silly. Kevin was going for broke. Treating him like his little bride. I wish I was making all of this up. Anthony Rapp was like, okay, he's 14. What the hell's going on? Being in the business of show, I'm sure he, even at 14, has seen a few things. I'm sure he was scared to fucking Kevin Spacey, after picking him up like a little bride, put him on the bed and tried to seduce him. Anthony said, whoa, Kevin, I think it's past my bedtime. I got to go. Now, thank God, as much of a predator as Kevin Spacey is, and he is. Thank God he knows where to draw the line and doesn't force any further than that. He tries. And then when Anthony said no, Kevin actually did let him go. Thank you, God. And we're not talking about other things that might have happened that night. Anthony Rapp. This was a big deal, folks. And as we continue on with this story... I'm going to read for you what Kevin Spacey put on Twitter when this came out. This is what he did. Shit's going down, right? Bad stuff. He knows he's fucked. And excuse my language, that's just me. But Kevin knows that shit is going down. He needs to recoup. He needs to put something out there to protect himself. He's a protector. His house of cards are falling down. This is what Kevin Spacey put on Twitter on October 30th, 2017, on his account. Quote, I have a lot of respect and admiration for Anthony Rapp as an actor. I'm beyond horrified to hear his story. I honestly do not remember the encounter. It would have been over 30 years ago. But if I did behave that he describes, I owe him the sincerest apology for what would have been deeply inappropriate drunken behavior. And I am sorry for the feelings he describes having carried with him all these years. This story has encouraged me to address other things about my life. I know that there are stories out there about me and that some have been fueled by the fact that I have been so protective of my privacy. As those closest to me know, in my life, I have had relationships with both men and women. I have loved and had romantic encounters with men throughout my life. And I choose now to live as a gay man. I wanna deal with this honestly and openly, and that starts with examining my own behavior. Wow, what a cover-up! What a piece of garbage. And boy, did he ruffle feathers with that tweet. I don't want to break it down too much. Read it. Dive into it. Dissect it. It's filled with bullshit. How dare he not only blame his actions on drunkenness, doesn't excuse it. Not at all. He tried to go there. And then he tries to cover it up. By coming out. And we all pretty much knew that Kevin was gay. Or bi. Who, like I said, who cares. But he put it on the table, came out that day. He wanted to cover it up. I can't believe this. He hoped that him coming out would sort of put all the Anthony rap stuff in the back burner. But it blew up in his fucking face. He tried. That's how cocky Kevin Spacey is, folks. You see what I'm talking about with him? It's truly remarkable. And it should be talked about more. I'm so completely and utterly disappointed in this man... It's ridiculous. Had to talk about that stuff. I hope I didn't offend anybody by talking about it. I really don't. I want to make this completely clear. I am very, very upset by this. You can tell it in the tone of my voice. Angry. Not only because finding out things about Kevin Spacey and how he really is. Finding out he was a master manipulator. It shows. He's good. But how he treats others. It's so sad. The stories I heard about him being so completely. (sighs) So sad. I just wanted to say I'm sorry for the tone of my voice, for the way I'm putting this on audio today. I don't mean to be just so negative. But when you talk about Kevin Spacey and I'm doing an episode on him, this stuff needs to be said. And we'll get into the latest clip that he put out a few weeks ago. Folks, it's more disturbing than what I just talked about. Well, let's say, another level of disturbance. We'll talk about that next week. We are half an hour in to this episode. We have about a half hour to go. Holy shi Welcome back to the Actors Room, everybody. What a beginning. That first half, a lot to say, a lot of information, a lot of So-called opinions, but so-called facts. That's my show. I'm brutally honest. I don't beat around the bush about this stuff. This affects me. And although I have not ever encountered any of this stuff firsthand in my life, my personal life, never been touched by abuse or abusers, But when I stand on the outside and take in things that I hear, things that I know go on, and we all know they do, when it touches a part of you and how much I cared for this man, it hurts to say these things. We are going to take a step back. Take a look at my notes. I have them right here. We're going to continue talking about Kevin Spacey's early career. Yeah, we're going to brush off for now. All the stuff I brought up <laughs> cuz I had to, we're going to brush it aside. Brush it off. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I try to. It's like stick it. The rest of my show, I'm going to do about Kevin's early career, his stage work, films. I'm going to start off with that in the second half of this episode as best I can. We uh, finished talking about Kevin Spacey getting the the role on Broadway with his idol, Mr. Jack Lemon, a gem of a man. It was there for Kevin In the beginning of his career, you got Jack at the end of his, Kevin, in the beginning of his own. And Jack really being that idol to a young Kevin Spacey. Showing him the ropes. Showing him how to be successful in the theater. And all this experience and all the drive that young Kevin had was paying off. Being on Broadway. Acting. With Jack Lemmon. And this will lead. To Kevin getting his first film role. Now he had. So many connections. That this was actually bound to happen. Eventually. He was so talented. That all of his connections. They're going to pay off. They just are. And they did. Director Mike Nichols. Called up. Kevin Spacey. And asked him if he was available. To be in a film he was directing. It was called Heartburn. And it would star Jack Nicholson and Meryl Streep. Kevin said. My book is open for you sir. If I had anything else going on. I'm scratching it. You want me to be in a movie? Yes sir. Yes Mr. Nichols. I'm there. Nichols would also become close with Kevin. He had knew him before. But now wanting Kevin to be in his movie, not a big role, but a good enough role, Kevin was on board, and him and Nichols became close. Kevin chewed his ear off about film, about directing, about anything to do with film. He was at his side. Kevin didn't take this as... Oh, just something I do. I got this acting thing going on. I'm going to try to be an actor. Kevin Spacey is brilliant in his career for a reason. He worked his fucking ass off. Yes, all these allegations are bad. Yes, all the other stuff, not good. But he is a great actor. You can't take that away from him. And I still enjoy watching his films. And this week or two, doing research on him, I love to watch him act. That has not been taken away from me at all. It does for some people. They find out that these actors, performers even, singers, are pieces of shit, and they write them off. They will no longer listen to their music. They will no longer Watch their films. I can't do that. Michael Jackson. Piece of shit. That's for me. I'm not seeing this stuff as fact. From me, Michael Jackson. Piece of shit. I'll still listen to his music. Can't shut that off, folks. Michael Jackson was very talented. So talented, I can't even fathom it. You can't take that away from them. That will always be there. Barry Bonds. Fantastic athlete. He took steroids. Made him a little better. But he was always amazing. You can't take that away from them. It tarnishes them in a way. Of course it does. Being dishonest. Cheating. Doing things you shouldn't. Being bad. Will tarnish an image and it does but you can't take away how they make you feel about art and that's what this show is the actors room and I kind of want to call it the artist room big leap there but not really the artist room it doesn't flow as much as the actors room that's the show respecting talent how they got there what they've done in getting there and when they get there how they've molded their craft made themselves better reached out to us touched us in ways that make us feel good about art and Kevin Spacey meeting Mike Nichols Chewing his ear off about film, acting. Kevin Spacey, you're a great actor. In Heartburn, his first film, he played uh, an asshole, a thief. Am I right? Yes. It was Kevin, he had his hair spiked up. I'm sorry, I had to look down on my notes because I've seen this movie and it's a little boring. I love Jack, I love Meryl, and he got a young Kevin Spacey, he's a hood. Some hooligan, he's got his hair spiked up, blonde, he's a thief. He comes in and he robs everybody in the apartment. First film, Heartburn. Spacey loves the theater, and he went back to it in 1991. So he had a bit of success in film, but he missed the theater. Those are the true actors. In my opinion you have your great actors that just do film and that's great they're good at it but the ones that go back to the theater are true artists to me and those that appreciate great theater are true artists as far as actors go writers it's a living organism the theater so much to learn Kevin loved it, went back to it in 1991. He starred in a Neil Simon production called Lost in Yonkers. And I guess Kevin and Neil Simon would fight on set. Here you go, even early in his career, fighting with people. This goes deep, folks. Neil Simon, he's a big deal. Kevin Spacey's got balls It always did. He would fight with Neil Simon about the script. I just couldn't imagine myself as an actor being successful. I mean, do you really want to fuck it up? But that's how passionate Kevin was about acting and how cocky he was getting, how confident he was that he could go face to face with Neil Simon and go, hey, buddy, I don't like the way this works in the scene. What were you thinking when you wrote this? And Neil Simon is like, hey, I'm pretty fucking good. What the hell? But in all reality, I am sure there was fruitful negotiation going on between Kevin and Neil about scenes, about maybe this word in the line. What does it mean? And how can you help me? So I'm going to give Kevin some credit here, actually, about respecting the form of acting, his acting so much. That he wasn't afraid at all to put his reputation on the line in order to do better in a role. That takes guts. Brando would do that. Brando would do that. He had balls. And the people that acted with Brando, his co-stars, even way back in the day when he was in acting school, here's a Brando tidbit. It's coming. Brando did the same thing. He wasn't afraid to speak his mind. About his role if he felt he needed a bit more he had no problem discussing it with the director or writer and giving his true feeling needing that confidence he wasn't afraid to do that most actors are and uh, when Marlon Brando was in acting school in the 40s he would approach his teachers and show no fear all the other students would do anything To get the approval of their teachers. Marlon Brando didn't. He didn't care about that. He just wanted to do it right. No fear. Kevin Spacey. Same thing here. When facing Neil Simon. While he was doing Lost in Yonkers. In the early 90's. Spacey wowed the audiences. And he was honored with the Tony Award. Later on that year for his performance in this Neil Simon play. Displaying his talent, winning a Tony Award. But someone was in the audience, watching young Kevin in Lost in Yonkers. Al Pacino. Al Pacino was there. And Al Pacino loves theater. He'll go see a production At any time, he's a New York guy. And Al Pacino has deep roots in New York City performing on stage. He's a part of that world. And he had seen Kevin Spacey perform in this play in the early 90s. And had a friend of his come with him one night to take a look at this guy. This Kevin Spacey actor. He was blowing people away, including Al Pacino. That's a big deal. Al was involved in a project ready to go. And they were right in the middle of casting it. They were looking for a certain character in the production they haven't put their finger on yet. And when Al Pacino saw Mr. Spacey on stage in this play, he couldn't help but bring the director of a film ready to go. Take a look at this guy. He'd be perfect for our film. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, written by David Mamet. They wanted Kevin, and they wanted him bad. He'd be perfect in playing the character, Williamson. Kevin played the role of Williamson. Did it beautifully. I watched it the other night. I still love it. I've seen it 50 times. One of my favorite, sort of a uh, collection of fantastic actors. They're all together. You could tell it was a play. It was done on Broadway. They made it into the film. And Kevin Spacey took on the role of the office manager. If you're familiar with this film, you can't help but fall in love with all those guys, even though some of them are unruly and unlikable. Kevin Spacey played an unlikable character, the office manager. He's a dick. He's an asshole. But once again starring... With Jack Lemmon. Who is in this production as well. They would end up working together... I think three or four times. Glenn Gary... Glenn Ross... Is one hell of a film. In Kevin Spacey's character... Will you go to lunch? One of his most famous lines in that movie. Will you go to lunch... His character was so unlikable that the other cast members being in character swore at him often calling him an asshole and berating him on set to get into character and Kevin said he didn't like it who would but Kevin being as cocky as he was I'm sure it bothered the hell out of him (laughs) all these successful actors berating him on set but Kevin did a great job. Like he always does. Just like Philip Seymour Hoffman. Does Kevin Spacey give a bad performance? Think about that. Nope. If you've never seen Glenn Gary, boy, do I recommend that one. Big time. I want to dedicate an episode just to talk about this film. It's brilliant. The acting is it's an acting clinic. Those of you studying acting right now, if you're listening, you are studying acting, you're in a workshop, you're taking classes, you're in a school, and you haven't seen Glenn Gary, do it. There are performances that are legendary, and like I said, a clinic in film acting. Love it. Alright, moving on. Glenn Gary did it. Over. Gotta talk about this one. The one where most of us went, who's this guy? Uh, He's really good. Can't wait to see more of him in the future. And that was in 1996. When he starred alongside Gabriel Byrne, Stephen Baldwin, Benicio Del Toro, in The Usual Suspects just a one, once in a lifetime film who doesn't like this movie is there anybody out there that doesn't like The Usual Suspects it was an inspiration when it came out in 1996 I remember sitting down with my buddy Bob Marar hey Bob hope you're doing good yeah, I haven't talked to him in a long time. He's like, Jeff, man, I saw a movie the other day. It's going to blow you away. And mind you, at this time, both of us had aspirations of being actors. So we just relished and sitting down, watching a good film together. He said, you got to watch this one. Have you seen The Usual Suspects? I said, I've never even heard of it. I can't wait. He talked about it like it was the best thing in the world. And he's like, pay attention to this. Pay attention to that. Blah, 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 blah. Boy, I did. He brought up some good points. And I sat and watched that movie with my mouth wide open. I enjoyed the hell out of it. And Kevin Spacey became an actor after that. I took notice of. Boy, was he good. You just don't see acting like that. That often. Like Mickey Rourke. Marlon Brando, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Jack Lemmon. These are actors you put on a pedestal because they deserve it. Jack Nicholson, Meryl Streep. There's so many good ones. Uh, DiCaprio is proving to me, what a talent. I'll talk about him. But watching Usual Suspects in the 90s, before I went to New York with my buddy that night, that movie ended and that ending my god what an ending it goes to show you just how amazing a movie is when the ending blows you away and you look at the person you're watching the movie with and you go that was amazing (laughs) there aren't many movies I do that to there just isn't where it's over, and you look around if you're not with anybody, you just look around at things are in the room, and you go to that inanimate object and you go, like the lamp. Wow, lamp. Did you feel the same way? The lamp was even amazed. And you gotta give props to this man, this director, Brian Singer, only for his directing skills, folks. Brian Singer directed this film. In that story. Ho ho Jesus H Christ. That is a whole other episode, and it pertains to this one. But Brian Singer, ho, ho, if you don't know anything about Brian Singer, oh my god. That man should be in jail for the rest of his life. But he's still directing films. My God. The business of show. Well, Brian Singer directed the usual suspects. And Brian Singer should be in prison. I don't want to get into Brian Singer because I will go into levels of angerness that cannot be described in human words or feelings. His story, oh God, you know, I'm just going to briefly, I'm going to give you a brief minute synopsis or summary of Mr. Singer. He started off his career in uh, drama school, doing film, learning about film as a director. I think he did a few short films, like almost every director does. He did too, because that's what you do. That's how you learn. Whatever. But all of a sudden. All of a sudden. Out of fucking nowhere. Like he went from doing short films. I think he did one other movie. Some crappy movie. And then he did The Usual Suspects. How do you go from where he was? Very low budget. Just incredibly um, mediocre stuff. Which he should be early in his career. How in the fuck did this guy go from that to doing the usual suspects in 1996? I'm not taking anything away from his talent. Is he that good? A prodigy? I'm going to explain it as simple as I can the odds of where he went from there to here with the usual suspects is almost impossible without having sway in some way with somebody in the business, how important it is. Brian Singer knew people. Oh, he did. Who did he know? What did he do to get the Usual Suspects in 1996? He did something. He knew something. Or they knew something. A lot of stuff was known. He did a great job in Usual Suspects. But as I'm going to wrap up, just touching on Singer, and I didn't just touch on him, because you have Kevin Spacey doing what he's doing now with all the (laughs) kids Uh, aggressive as he is sexually and Brian Singer has been accused as well and it's been proven with young boys in the business and he's still working he did Bohemian Rhapsody folks that wasn't that long ago and he was abusing kids a long time ago I'm done I'm not fucking talking about it okay I'm sorry for that explosion. It was a, a short, brief explosion. Probably gonna cut that out. If not, I'm not. This show's starting to get to me a little bit. I love talking about these uh brilliant people. It's actors. I'm in episode 85, and I'm learning things. Uh, I kind of knew were there. Not kinda. I knew they were. But when I'm faced with it, and doing my research, and actually having to talk about it, because you do, they're part of the story, and if you don't, you are closing your eyes to it. Your eyes are closed. I'm not that guy. I'm done closing my eyes. This stuff happens. And Hollywood is covering it up. I'm done. This shit has to stop. Especially if people know about it. I mean, what the hell is going on? If there are people in the business that know this stuff is going on. Are doing nothing about it. What the fuck. I am getting really pissed. And I should be. And you should be too. It's getting to the point. where, For me as an artist. And appreciating great films. I'm getting to the point. Where I may start boycotting anyway. Boycotting. I couldn't speak for a second. Sorry. Boy I didn't think this would Make me explode the way I am. And I'm not. I don't want to explode like this. I'm sorry. I knew this episode would get to me. But I didn't think it would get to me like this. We're talking about. When we're talking about kids. Being hurt. And there's nothing being done about it really. (laughs) How can you fucking live with yourself? Especially the people that know. This is going on. Or has in the past. But you allow these people to still work. And be around other kids. You slime. And we're going to end this episode right fucking now. Because I'm in a bad fucking spot. If I keep this in, I'm sorry. I decided to keep it in because uh, sometimes the passion... Needs to be heard. That's what I love about some of the personalities that I listen to. Whether it's in shows, uh, podcasts, uh, radio shows. I really appreciate these personalities where you could see them. And they explode sometimes. And I get it. You're showing your emotion. You have to sometimes. Because of all the garbage out there. In the world, you gotta let it out, and I did. And if you're feeling something about this, you know, and I brought in or brought up something, brought in, brought up, fucking shit, whatever. I don't get. I'm just tripping over my words. By God, I gotta maybe reconsider doing actors like this and just talk about ones that uh, have no big controversy. But what fun is that? Am I doing a show about, uh, you know, lovely, beautiful things all the time? No, that's boring. I hate boring shit. You need it sometimes in your life. I get it gotta you know (laughs) watch those uppity movies you know where there's gonna be good stuff at the end and you feel good about it god you need that in your life but every now and then gotta face reality and sometimes reality sucks boy hope you continue listening next week about kevin spacey because he brings out emotion in me. Can you feel it? Boy, did Jeff uh, show emotion there? Was that emotion come out of that guy? Yeah, there was. I'm starting to feel a little better now. My blood pressure went way up there. I I knew it. My ears got red. They're coming back down. The color. sorry if I raised your blood pressure a little bit there (laughs) the actors room episode 85 Kevin Spacey part 2 of an 80 part series there's a few things to talk about with this guy and it's spreading out In other directions. Bad directions. Mostly. Because Kevin Spacey. Is an amazing actor. He's brilliant. He's fantastic. And even though he's a piece of shit. I still love watching this guy. That's saying something. Am I right? Even. All the things surrounding him. And me exploding. The way I did about. 10 minutes ago. Tonight, I still sit down and watch American Beauty. Is something wrong with me? I know I'm not the only one separating art from real life in that sense. And that's what I have to do. When talking about Kevin Spacey, what an episode. Wow. Did I hurt your eardrums there? When I listened to this later, I went up a few decibels there. Boy. Boy. Um, yes. I need some pain relievers. My throat is raw. I'm surprised I can still talk. Support the show. I'm going to need it. <laughs> There are people diving off of the actor's room ship. Diving into the water, swimming away with no life preservers, hoping the shore is nearby. Or maybe there's people on the shore swimming out to my ship. This actor's room ship sounds interesting. I hear this guy just loses his mind. But I, I should! The things I'm talking about are disgusting. It need to be talked about. I don't think it's talked about enough. And maybe this will catapult my show. Just a little bit. Because I'm talking about real stuff. And not just going, Kevin Spacey's a great actor. He's had some allegations about this, about that. There just might be rumors. He's amazing. Let's talk about American Beauty. Not doing it, folks. Not on my show. Tune in next week. We'll talk about that other clip he has. Oh my God, bless America. That will be quite the show. I hope I don't lose it. I don't think I will. It's dealing with other things that are disturbing, but are not going to make me go completely just out of whack. Sorry I did that again. I hope it was at least entertaining. And you don't go, that guy's just loony. He needs to seek some attention. Maybe I do. But maybe I'm just a guy. Loves art. Loves film and acting. Appreciates it. It should be a part of your life. I'm sure it is. But he cares. And I do. Watch that movie tonight. Watch it. Enjoy it. Enjoy life. Maybe that's why I get so upset. When people are hurt. And a blind eye. Is. A part of the problem. These blind eyes. You're not helping. You're hurting it. Thank you. Don't hate me. I love you. God bless you. Have a good one.